Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Faith Ryan. The National Cancer Institute is at the forefront of leading cancer research efforts across the nation and abroad. With the COVID-19 pandemic, the agency's work has also shifted its focus to address the challenges facing cancer patients. Recently, the agency launched a long-term nationwide research study called the NCI COVID-19 in Cancer Patients Study, NCAPS for short. The study aims to collect information on cancer patients with COVID-19 and track how the novel coronavirus changes over time. In this episode, I spoke with Dr. Meg Mooney, a leader within the Division for Cancer Treatment and Diagnosis at NCI, to learn more about this new study, as well as her branch's work around developing new cancer treatments. Hi, Dr. Mooney. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me here today. So let's get started. With surgical training, a medical degree, and a master's in management, what led you to working with the National Cancer Institute? Okay, well, it was kind of a long history, but I'll try to keep it very short. (laughs) Initially, after I had graduated from college, I actually went to business school, and I worked in business for about six or seven years before I went to medical school. And in medical school, in terms of choosing a profession, I actually went into surgery, and I became a surgical oncologist. And at the end of my fellowship training, one of my mentors had said, well, Meg, you have somewhat of an unusual background in that you worked in business and you didn't go into medicine until later in life. And he said, you know, with your type of background, there's an opportunity that I think I should talk to you about. And at that time, the American College of Surgeons was starting up a clinical trials network. So one of the first ones in surgery. So that encompassed all surgery, but also in cancer as well. There was a focus. So he said, why don't you think about maybe working in that type of environment, given that you have management and operational skills as well as medical skills. And I had always been interested in clinical trials, actually, all throughout my medical training in both medical school as well as in internship, residency, and fellowship. So I did go to work for the American College of Surgeons Clinical Trials Network, and we were just starting it up at that time. That was funded by the National Cancer Institute, the NCI. So that's how I got to know people at the NCI. And then there came a point where the American College of Surgeons Oncology Group was moving, actually, to a new location. And my husband, I was married at, well, I'm still married, <laughs> married at the time, and we couldn't quite make that move uh, to that new location. But the people I had met at the NCI said, well, we have several opportunities down here. Why don't you think about coming down and working with us in our cancer trials evaluation program that oversees our national clinical trials networks? So I came down to Washington. D.C. and I've been here ever since working at the NCI in clinical trials. Wow, that's a great story. So you are the Associate Director of the Cancer Therapy Evaluation Program within the Division of Cancer Treatment and Diagnosis, as well as the Branch Chief of the Clinical Investigations Branch at NCI. Can you describe your responsibilities and goals in your current positions? As Associate Director of the Cancer Evaluation Therapy Program, which shorthand is called CTEF, we're really in charge of development of new drugs as well as for cancer treatment, as well as the combination of cancer treatment strategies. So combining new investigational agents with radiation and surgery and other modalities that we use to hopefully help treat patients who have cancer. 
So it's pretty broad ranging in the sense that our programs cover very early clinical trials and including some support for what we call preclinical work that's done with cell lines as well as in animal models to try to determine whether new drugs or combination of new drugs or even combinations of existing drugs might be effective for particular types of cancer that patients may have. So we range from running a very early drug development clinical trials program to what we call the more mature or later phase clinical trials programs. So that would include what we call large phase three trials that will test a new cancer therapeutic treatment or approach against what we consider the standard of care for patients with that particular type of cancer and determine in a definitive trial whether that new therapy is better than what we are able to offer right at this time. So we have clinical trials programs that span that entire range. We also do what we call translational science work as well that's funded both at the early drug development stage as well as in our later phase clinical trials as well to try to understand the biology behind what's going on with the patients and how treatment is affecting them as well. Wow. So one of your responsibilities is scientific coordination and oversight of the National Cancer Institute's Cancer Clinical Trials Network program. Can you go into more detail on what that is exactly? Yeah, so that's the NCI's National Clinical Trials Network Program. It's called the NCTN. It was formerly known as the Cooperative Groups Program, and that's a series of large clinical trials organizations. We have five in the United States, four that are directed towards adult cancer therapies, and one that's specialized directed across pediatric patients and also across adolescents and young adults, where we do collaborations between our adult networks and trials with the pediatric group. So those are are organizations, clinical trials organizations, much like the American College of Oncology that I worked with initially, that clinical trials program, that are what we call extramural. So they're investigators in the various communities and academic centers across the United States that have formed a little hub of operations and statistical data management centers that then propose and conduct and implement trials that are funded by the NCI through our network program and through CTEPS. So we oversee those organizations, the trials that they bring through. We have national cancer steering committees that look at the particular trials that are being proposed. They review them and approve them, or in some cases decide it's not a trial that should go forward. And so that network spans the entire country. We also have a Canadian partner, a Canadian Cancer Trials Group, that also is funded by the NCI as part of the NCTN program to help us collaborate on those trials. And we do have international members as well. And so that entire network of clinical trials operations centers, they run trials that are in the late phase group. So they'll be running the large phase three definitive trials that can be quite large. And that's why we need a national as well as an international network to sometimes conduct those trials. Wow. And I'm guessing that a lot of the drug development actually gets passed on for FDA approval afterwards? Yes, that's correct. Both in our early phase clinical trials program, which is called the Experimental Therapeutics Clinical Trials Network, as well as the NCTN, we have had over the years many agents, new investigational agents, new drug therapies or therapies in combination with other treatment modalities that have gone to the FDA for approval of that particular agent or strategy combined with an agent for patients with various types of cancer. That's incredible. 
So NCI recently launched the COVID-19 and cancer patient study, which can be found publicly on clinicaltrials.gov. What is the main purpose of the study and what makes this important or unique to possibly other work being done right now related to this topic? This study is called the NCI COVID-19 and Cancer Patient Studies, or NCAPS for short, and it's what we call a longitudinal natural history study, where we're going to be following patients who have tested positive for COVID-19, who are also undergoing active cancer therapy. And the goal in this natural history study is to follow the patients and collect both the medical information and other information about them over time to really learn more how not only their cancer treatment, and their cancer disease is affected by the illness, but also why they develop the severity of the illness that they develop and what happens to them in terms of treatment for their cancer, but also obviously treatment of their COVID-19. We hope to enroll about 2,000 patients in that longitudinal natural history study. We will be following them for approximately two years. And as part of that, we'll be collecting not just information on their general medical history, as well as the history of their cancer treatment that they're undergoing and what happens to them and what happens to them in terms of their COVID-19 illness. But we'll also be collecting images. So if someone develops pneumonia and following that through their x-ray images, as well as blood collections at various time points throughout the course of their treatment for both the COVID-19 illness and cancer. And we hope through that information for patients who are very generous in terms of donating blood and for this type of analysis to maybe understand the genetic component of what happens to someone when they get COVID-19 who also has cancer. And maybe trying to tease out on a biological basis why some people develop more severe symptoms than other people with the same disease and the same general treatment strategy that they're undergoing. You're also responsible for the organization's comprehensive program of preliminary and definitive clinical trials for precision medicine work. Yes. Could you tell us how this study could potentially support precision medicine initiatives or how that work in general fits in with the larger NIH picture of advancing precision medicine? Well, for precision medicine, that's something that we have been a part of for the last, I would say, five to six years under those new initiatives. And basically, again, what we're trying to do in that situation is really understand the biologic basis of the disease and of the drugs that we're using and the other treatment modes modalities in combination with agents that we're using in order to determine, given the patient's particular tumor and the molecular characteristics of that tumor, how the treatment is working for them. So we have, for example, run a very large trial called Adult Match and a companion called Pediatric Match, which we're taking patients with all different types of cancer, getting a sample of their tumor tissue, doing a complete molecular analysis and genomic analysis of their tumor to try to look for certain mutations that we had investigational agents or combinations of agents and even older agents combined with newer agents that we thought would hit what we call the target of a mutation that we thought was particularly driving or at least partially responsible for driving the patient's particular cancer and the development of their disease. And seeing if that agent, if we matched it up with particular mutations, which we thought the agent was targeted and should work again, and seeing if they did work in those patients. So those are two examples of large precision medicine trials. But I think across the board in all the clinical trials that we're doing, we really are trying to focus on understanding the biology of the disease, 
particular molecular characteristics, including genetic mutations that might be partial drivers of the disease, and linking that up with the drugs that we are developing that we think would hit that target and sometimes not just single drugs, but combinations of drugs. And when patients have cancer for which the cancer has developed resistance to agents, looking for newer targets and newer agents, and seeing if we can really begin to understand and treat the patient's cancer based on that biologic information. So not just empirically saying, well, we have a drug, let's see if it works in these five cancers. It's more like, here's what we know about those drugs. Here's what we know about their genetic composition and their molecular characteristics. And here are the drugs that we think work against those types of targets. I guess in terms of developing clinical trials around this too, is there work being done to study potential drugs that work for some patients rather than others? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one thing that when we very early in drug development, and this would be decades ago, many things were done empirically where we didn't really know what was driving things. And we would treat patients and many of the wonderful treatments that we do have that are effective were done in all patients. But we realized when we did those trials and when physicians treat patients all the time with cancer, that it works for some patients, but not for others. And so that's where understanding the underlying basis of the disease that one patient has who's responding to treatment, as opposed to another patient who has the same disease at the same clinical stage, but is not responding, understanding and looking at how their tumor differs in terms of those underlying biological processes and components and trying to see how we can tailor things and trying to understand for what group of patients does this treatment really work and for what group of patients with the same disease do we need to look at a different type of approach. There's a lot of incredible work like this being done around precision medicine and also COVID-19 internally at NIH through programs like these or the ones that you're in. How closely does this clinical work relate to what others are doing at NCI and across NIH? Well, I think it relates very well. We're at sort of point in the development cancer where we come into play is when we have something that can be tested in people. But there's a lot of very important basic science research that goes on at the NCI and at the NIH, really trying to tease out, as I said before, what's really driving the development of cancer not just particular characteristics of the patient, but also the underlying biology of the type of cancer that patients and people develop. So they do a lot of basic science research, which really leads to the drugs that we eventually are able to help develop and see whether they actually end up working in patients. So I would say the spectrum of precision medicine really affects all the components of cancer research, from very basic science research to what we call translational science and to actual clinical application in patients. So we've covered a lot of ground in this interview so far about cancer clinical trials, as well as what you had just mentioned, translational research and basic research and just the whole drug development cycle. How do you see this work and overall cancer research making the most progress or impact in other people's lives in the near future? Well, I think my hope is the more and more we understand of biology, the better and better we will get at trying to determine what works for the particular patient that you are working with. And so we're getting better and better, I think, at understanding what treatments would work for a patient in the particular type of cancer they have and what particular strategies or treatments wouldn't work for their particular situation. I think there's also a very large component of what we do in cancer research that is also related 
to the study of different patient populations in terms of both racial, ethnic, and gender differences, obviously, but also the environment that people come from in terms of the different areas of the country, different social factors, different community factors, because a large part of delivering cancer care is not just treating the disease, but it's really treating patients who live in the, in the world <laughs> and have to deal with the world. So we focus a lot of research, too, on not just the symptoms that patients have with their cancer and obviously the progress of the disease and hopefully the progress of the treatment, but also what we can do in the medical care field to make sure that patients get the treatments they need in a very operational sense. And so particularly for our clinical trials programs nationwide. We try to make sure that they're in communities, both in the city as well as in rural areas. And that's why we have such a large catchment area. We try to make sure that the population of patients we've taken into our clinical trials as much as we can really is generalizable. And that means that it really reflects the characteristics of the people that live in the United States. That's amazing. And there's probably a lot of technology involved in this process, too, in terms of connecting researchers with patients and, you know, what's happening on clinicaltrials.gov. And this NCAP study is going to be really awesome to see in terms of what we learn scientifically and just getting through this whole process together in terms of, you know, what's happening with the COVID-19 pandemic. So thanks so much for speaking with me today and sharing the life-changing work you're doing at the National Cancer Institute. Well, thank you again for having me. And we appreciate everything that everyone who participates in clinical trials does, and especially, obviously, the patients and their families who participate. So thank you again for letting me talk about this. Thank you. HealthCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris, Adam Patterson, and Faith Ryan. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com.